Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talking During Movies, where once a week, one, two, three, four, up to four people sit down with me and we talk over a movie. Sometimes it's a comedy, sometimes it's a horror film, sometimes it's a drama, but most importantly, we laugh, we talk, we use key moments and quotes in the film to, uh, to drive a two-hour conversation when trying to grab someone for two hours can sometimes be a little bit difficult, but beers and movies always help. Talking During Movies is brought to you by The Experience Firm. Define, design, deliver. The Experience Firm does what no one else does, which is bring ROI and crazy adventurous ideas to the table that deliver. While everyone else can have ideas, and ideas are a dime a dozen, the delivery of them is what is important, and The Experience Firm does it better than anybody else. We are also brought to you by my new friends, Succulent Studios. Succulent Studios is about to turn your green thumb into the new subscription box. Works like this. Get two of the best SoCal succulents shipped straight to your doorstep every month with care and instructions included. Green thumb status is instant. Succulent Studios has been growing gorgeous succulents and cacti at their second generation nursery for 40 years. And they're the best in the biz. Once you unbox your little succulent, beware, you're gonna get lots of Oz envious friends, and like that newspaper you used to get in the morning, they might try to swing by and steal it. They are perfect for Instagram to take some pictures. They are great as a boost of oxygen for the environment. They pop color. They're warm. They're fuzzy. I can keep something alive is what you want to do and you can with succulents because they're easy to take care for, take care of. It's basically the best plant mail you could ever ask for. Care instructions are included. We ship everywhere in the country. Get your new favorite subscription for $10 plus shipping and $5 off your first subscription today. That, Succulent Studios. They grow, they deliver, you enjoy. We are also brought to you by The Secret Studio. Ooh, The Secret Studio. No one knows where it is except for me and now Tim Kennedy. And we had a blast at the Secret Studio. I cannot thank my secret producer and musician friend for opening up the doors and letting us be there. You guys, today is, is a very special podcast because I already hinted on. Tim Kennedy is, a, is my guest. And you're thinking, what? You got Tim Kennedy? I got Tim Kennedy. Don't know how it happened. Don't know why it happened. The good Lord shined his little light on me and said, you know what? We're going to bless you a little bit. We got to spend two hours with Tim Kennedy and, and it was some of the best two hours I've, I've, I've had. He is an amazing individual. He's done so much for this country. I just, I cannot thank him enough for taking two hours and doing something goofy like this. We talk a lot about things, you know, and Tim's been on TMZ lately and he was on the Joe Rogan show and now he's been on our show. This is the lighter side. We go over spies like us. We have a great time. Enjoy, really enjoy. And uh, as, as a honor to him and, uh, and uh, homage, if you're interested in the military, go go see your recruitment office, man. Um, Tim talked about it on the Rogan show. We didn't talk about it on on talking during movies, but this is we're in a shortage. We need special people. It's harder to get in the military than it is to get into college. So think about that. And if you're someone who loves this country and wants to do something a little different, maybe doesn't want to go directly into college and wants to face some different challenges before hitting the books hard, maybe that's it for you. But go talk to a recruitment officer. Check it out. That's what he did. And, you know, Green Beret, Army Ranger, Black Belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, UFC fighter, entrepreneur. I mean, the list goes on. It fueled him to do a lot of things. Maybe it can fuel you as well. With all that said, folks, enjoy the podcast. 
Thank you for this. My pleasure. You know, funny thing, uh, and I'll well, I'll clue everyone up on the movie here real quick. Let's see, we're at, we're at, what are we at? We're at 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. You guys will get an intro with all that fun stuff. But for watching this movie, it feels like we should be counting in, in reverse, you know, like 10. Nine. <laughs> the countdown to the beginning. Yeah. I tried that on the first one, and then people freaked out. They're like, yeah, but I can't exactly start when you start. I know, and then I'm hard. And then I'm but nervous. Ultimately, but ultimately, there's going to be a, a nuclear weapon. And the, the, the timing couldn't be better oh. talking about nuclear weapons. But um, with a clock. With a clock. Now, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I am a young 38. You're a 38. So I'm five years older than you. Okay. Man, you look 20 years younger, though. So God bless you. That is not true. <laughs> don't do what I do for a living. <laughs> don't, I don't know that mine is any easier. It, it's weird because I remember those movies. Growing up as a kid, the um, the oh no, the bombs coming. Yeah, here it is, dun dun dun. And then the classics, getting me fired up. Red Dawn, Iron Eagle. Mm. I mean, Iron Eagle. I'm sorry, Top Gun. I'm sorry, but Iron Eagle was the first one. They unfortunately kind of bastardized the series a little bit, but uh, the first one was amazing. What was the Nicolas Cage one where they were flying helicopters? Nicholas Cage, they're flying helicopters. Um, he was also cross-eyed dominant. It was Top Gun, but in helicopters, and they were in, a, in Apaches. Was that Nicholas Cage, or was that... Because uh, there was one, there was Blue Thunder, where it was the secret helicopter. There was Firefox, where it was... Firefox, awesome. Awesome. That was Clint... Clint, uh, Clint Eastwood, yeah. was it? I think so. America. Yeah. Look at these satellites. <laughs> Dude, satellites. This, this is the time of Reagan when we had Star Wars. Or we thought was going to be Star Wars, where our laser beams could shoot the missiles uh, out of the sky. USA, high weather. High no weather. military value. No, no, no. Don't look here. And this was the first version of um, a GoPro. Yeah. With the telescopic lens. Now, have you ever been in, and you, for, you can, you, for, throughout this, I'm going to probably ask some dumb questions like, Jason, I can't talk about that. Have you been in places where, uh, where you've seen, these satellite photos shoot down really close images. And you're like, that could be my backyard if they want. Yeah. To so anytime we were going to go do, I was going to go kick in a door and try and kill a terrorist. We would get a GRG, which is like a, a, a grid reference guide. Okay. And it is the creepiest, most accurate to the foot picture of where we're going to go work. And it's broken down into this grid. So if I'm like, Oh, there's a squirter running out of the back of the back of the building and he's in grid. Mm, C14 drop a bomb and it's just that easy wow yeah because because green braids are stupid so they, <laughs> so they give us these tools to make us um, more efficient even though we're dumb I had a friend who he affectionately called himself a painter mm -hmm. where he just had a laser scope and he would sit a mile or so away and he would paint areas that bombs would then hit yep and he's like that's what I do I'm like oh how do you get there he's like that's what I do and I was like, okay, <laughs> good to know. There, there's, I think there's a level of 
uh, being an artist that's really understated in mm-hmm. um, in that in that guy's occupation. You know, like he's probably a, a talented artist, yeah, a painter, a painter. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Now, for those of, that don't know, that might only know you from the MMA or might only know you from the History Channel, there is a very real side of real work that, and I, not that the other things aren't real work, because I've done television, uh, I've watched people do MMA. But then there's this very, very real side of what you do. Can you give us a, can you, for everyone who's been under a rock, as I say? Yeah. Uh, so this January, I'll have been in Special Forces for 15 years. I, my title is I'm a Special Forces Senior Weapons Sergeant. Um, my, I'm a Special Forces Sniper, Ranger mm-hmm. Qualified Green Beret, that now works almost exclusively in Africa. And I actually just got back two weeks ago. Um, and, uh, you know, deployments to Iraq, Afghanistan, Europe, wow. Africa, South America. I mean, I've almost fought in every single continent on the planet. Almost. Almost. I got one more box to check. <laughs> I mean, hopefully not. No. There's a part of me that says hopefully not. Yeah. Right? There Who is... wants to fight in Antarctica? Yeah, exactly. You know, nobody. <laughs> no one. Maybe, maybe the North Koreans, but now that's not even going to be an option. I know. That's, uh, it's, it's a weird thing to watch. Uh, this, I, and I wouldn't even call them an opponent necessarily, but this threat by someone who's more or less than a threat, but more batshit crazy to where yeah. you just, I mean, he could throw rocks and it's still, it's a weird rock because it's a crazy person yeah. throwing the rock. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like the Ayatollah back in the day, you know, and they went after that guy like a pinata when he died. Cause they were, they were so excited, you know, they were so freaked out by him, but he's a different level of crazy. That whole thing seems to be a different level of crazy yeah and it's it's diffusing it's unraveling like what i thought to be uh, it might have just been the unknown because mm-hmm. it's so protected and north korea has always been so secretive and people that come out of there have all these crazy diseases and worms crawling out of their stomach and no teeth um and then you watch the movie like world war z and they're like yeah north korea and they took off all their teeth in like 14 minutes you're like oh it was the most <laughs> brilliant move in civil engineering so like there's all you know there, there's this hellstorm of rumors about what it is and now it's just okay they just gave us all the hostages that they had and uh they're not going to do nuclear weapons anymore and uh oh dennis rodman hangs out with them still kind of weird (laughs) yeah that's real weird i (laughs) more porridge please like they just they just want some food yeah they're just just, hungry they're just human they're just little humans Mm -hmm. with bad teeth with bad teeth and and a batshit crazy leader who they think is god yeah and but he might be Chilling out a smidge, which would be yeah, cool. That'd be very cool. Now, one of one of my favorite parts is actually the beginning of this, and, and I'm sure you can speak to this. And if you want to, please do. And if not, we that can, guy's we can hair, first yes. of all, is not within military regulations of six seventy dash. He is. Oh, so this is um, he's got the bouffant, if you will. Yeah, bouffant, not appro- not approved. Not approved bouffant. Um, and neither of these guys have any special forces or special operations ribbons or unit. They just, they went to, and he's drinking on the job, which I'm assuming is a faux pas. Yeah. Dude, these guys are pogues. Oh. <laughs> which is, which means they want to be awesome, but they're not. Now, do you see... Those are fake badges. Do you see in this, I mean, the, the bureaucracy is what kicks this off, right? Mm-hmm. So, the, is, by the way, is the GLG, is that a real? No. No, okay, no. fantastic. <laughs> Thanks. The, Thanks. Uh, but, it is totally true that most wars have been initiated and kicked off because of bad bureaucratic government problems. You know, mm-hmm. things that could have 
been solved on the human level just just didn't happen just blew up literally and figuratively in this case yeah metaphorically and you've got so you've got these two government guys and like well we've got this problem we've got these pictures what do we do the russians beat us the last time we tried to go stop this hey let's get some some fakes in Mm -hmm. do you guys use I mean, hopefully not real people, but multiple teams where one looks like they're attacking maybe as a fake, and then the other one's real and kicks in from the I mean, Genghis Khan style, if you will. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you have uh, distractions where you put teams in mm-hmm. that you know their their job is to draw all the attention one way. Um, you know, misinformation has always been a, a part of the special operations job. Uh, I mean, going as far back to Patton using inflatable tanks. Um, during the invasion, oh, Patton. Are you, you serious? That's serious. Yeah, if you Google right now, inflatable tanks, you will, you will see a bunch of. Different... There's going to be one band out of Europe. Yeah. Just gonna... That's a badass name, though. That's a great. If you're a band, if you're a band and you now are not getting and and just owning inflatable tanks, shame on you. Oh, there's Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan yeah. and Chevy Chase. Uh, How coked out do you think he is right now? Oh, he's super. Are you kidding me? Look at the way he's chewing the gum. Yeah, he's like. I mean, that is, he was the king of, of opiates and, and coke back in the day when he was funny. Yeah. The sad thing is he got off them and his body hurt and then he just became angry. I mean, it's not, I don't think, that's purgatory to me where you've, you've experienced the highs and lows of everything a chemical could give to you mm-hmm. and then you're no longer experiencing those highs or lows. All you're doing is experiencing the pain in between yep. and then you are perpetually stuck there to the day yeah. that you die. Yeah. That sounds horrible. If you know, there's there's a horrible part of it, and I believe there is another part of it that is people find comfort and pain because it's there consistently. So when you don't when you don't take that away, you want you have a something to complain about. B you have um, you have something that's familiar to you in a very unfamiliar world where things are changing all the time. I mean, I perpetually live in pain. I choose not to take drugs for it, and then I choose to also hurt my body. I'll play basketball three days out of the week because those are my available days. Yeah. But if I could play seven, I would. But my daughter sees me walking the morning. She's like, dad, I hear your knees before I see you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Harper. That's, that's yeah. great. So I think there's a, um, there's also a point where you have an excuse or a comfort level in, well, I'm in pain, so I got to be this way. Yeah. I really, really, really like pain. <laughs> I, I do. No, I've seen your, I follow you on Instagram. Yeah. I've seen the bloody jujitsu. You're the only person that I see in the jujitsu suits that has blood on his jujitsu suit almost every time. Yeah, blood, blood's important. Um, <laughs> it's inside of our body, and it's supposed to stay there. Uh, it, one of our company's um, sheepdog response. One of our mottos is to let blood out of the bad and keep blood in the good. Well, um, nice. I like yeah, that. Makes sense. Yeah, makes good sense. guys, blood in. Yeah. Bad guys, blood out. Yep. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. And then we teach the things that help. People do those respective tasks um, and the implied things that go along with it. You know, you could let blood out lots of different ways. Bullet holes work. Knife wounds also work. Bombs work. So um, inversely, packing, you know, gauze inside mm-hmm. of a hole prevents it. Um, but uh, me liking pain, Chevy Chase and his high and lows, um, you know, my, my life has had huge contrast huge peaks and valleys mm-hmm. you know the 
the elation of walking out to the octagon for fighting for the world title. Um, and I have goosebumps. I mean, that's just, I can't imagine. Yeah, li- listening to the song Rooster play, you know, like my walkout song that represents yeah. the military community that I've been part of for 15 years and looking at the octagon, the lights, that's my sole opponent standing across from me, like pretty intense. And then hearing not your name said as the new champion, pretty low. Yeah. All in a matter of 25 minutes, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and the pain that goes along with it. So then after those fights, Never, not even a Tylenol, not an ibuprofen, not an aspirin. In the back, getting stitches to close, you know, this wound right here from Robbie Lawler, or this one from Jacare Souza, who's fighting this coming weekend. Um, and the doc walks in with his sutures, and I say, just sew that bitch up. He's like, oh, go, let me just give you a local real fast. I'm like, you stick a, you stick a needle in me. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> let me tell you where that needle's going next. Just sew it. You know, like, uh, not that I need to be connected to the pain. But I want to know the contrast. Mm-hmm. Um, if if I know what good feels like, you know, yep. kissing my wife or the, the the skin on my tiny little toddler's butt, like yeah. you know, like how wonderful all of that is, and the smells of home cooked food and a fireplace, also pooping inside of an MRE bag when I'm a sniper hide. You know those <laughs> contrasts. So pain has always been a huge motivator for me. Wow, that is that's. I mean, now I'm not, and all that I can't complain from, about my knees. But all that, all that just came from Chevy Chase and cocaine. Yeah, yeah, that was a rabbit hole. God bless America. God bless America. And uh, yeah, I, I find it. I, I I find this team interesting, right? Because you know this team really doesn't exist out there, which is the smartass Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd, the computer nerd who needs the smartass to get him out of the situations you can't talk his way out of, but Chevy needs him to get out of the real dangerous situations that no matter what words you use, you're screwed two ways to Tuesday. It would be perfect if Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase, if one human existed with both or all of their characteristics, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the scholarly. Is that Elon Musk? Quite possibly. (laughs) I mean, we do have a Tesla on its way to Mars right now. Yeah. And at the same time, he's he's fairly witty. Yeah. He's, he's somewhat entertaining. You follow him on Twitter? I do. So does everybody. Yeah. Apparently, he's like 38 million followers or something. He's the Joe Rogan of Twitter, oh, right? Geez, I mean, hilarious. he's 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 got it going on. I, I love this part when he's for. I mean, I worked with the press for 23 years. I've been very blessed to have some very high level press contacts that I've that have supported me and helped me throughout my numerous careers of having fun. What this is hilarious when he and then he's just. There's a no. It's just I know what I said wasn't it with a no. There we go, and gets done. Yeah, and he's just and there's nothing more fun uh, than monkeying with the press a little bit. You know. Oh, I, I agree. Oh, I, I've sent out some fake news just for grins. We sent out a left-handed people. I worked with this group called the Zebra. They said we want to play a prank. And I said, all right, left-handed drivers get better insurance rates. They're safer drivers. So no, they're not. That doesn't make any sense. I said, perfect. Put it out. So we throw it out, and I've got an institute involved. I've got quotes from professors. I've got a made-up quote from AAA. I put it out on the on the wire, PR Newswire. Yeah. Put it out. It made 100 radio shows nationwide. People were in an uproar. We were getting press calls for a week. And finally, it's, it's fake. We just did it as a joke. I'm like, no, I w- you've got quotes from this institute. Made the institute up. You made it all up. 
Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. It's all a lie. <laughs> it's all a lie. It's it's all a lie. As is Chevy Chase's blindness in his right eye. Yes. As is him trying to... Now, have you... And I know you're. Uh, we've got some other people in the room here, but have you uh, ever cheated on a test? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not even a pause. No. Um, I, I have rarely done anything the right way. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, if you go to Special Forces Selection, to SEER School, um, to undergrad, all of it, there, there was a degree of treat, cheating in every, in every step of the way. Really? Yeah. Now, what made you choose, let's, I mean, so... Never like the proper cheat. Like, this is a yeah, proper cheat a where proper. he has like the, the, the things <laughs> inside of his eye patch. He's um, pulling stuff out of his mouth. It's on his shoe. Yeah. So I'm in SEER School. Mm-hmm. And what is it, SEER School for the uneducated? For it's the survival, evasion, resistance, and escape. It's like six weeks of hell and torture. Um, right now, a lot of people are talking about what torture is and yeah. how waterboarding is torture. It's not. Um, the things that they do to us in training is worse than what we do when we waterboard. Can, can you give an example of that? Um, hitting somebody until they're a bloody pulp on the floor with a phone book or a hose? Huh. As that, training. Does that constitute? I know, I'm 100%. Okay. Because you're really um, not drowning with waterboarding. It's the idea of, right? Yeah, yeah there's no drowning. It's just water on your face. Yeah, it's it's a bad t- it's t- a bad Tinder date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, when do I get out of here? Yeah, I can take this mineral water and pour it on your face. And that, I mean, that's essentially waterboarding. You're just at a, at a slight, you know, 15 degree inversion. Um with fifteen count threat, right? You got to. There's a certain count threat according to Denzel Washington. Yeah, it helps. It helps because <laughs> um, you don't want it too thin because it'll mm-hmm. just run off, and you yep. don't want it too thick because then they won't be able to breathe. You want the right amount so that it just kind of drips into their face. Gently. Interesting. Um, so instead, you're. Does that frustrate you? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but does that frustrate you when you literally got your ass kicked? I mean, oh, that's. I was just scratching the surface of. You asked for a example. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so okay, I'm assuming can... it goes worse. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I'm wondering, like, you're literally, I mean, you're you are getting torn apart internally mm-hmm. and externally. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming, right? Mm-hmm. Mentally torn apart, yep. physically torn yep. apart, and then someone's getting water poured on their face. Nearly sexually, almost, yeah, almost, almost sexually. Yeah, you actually um, during they you think that one of your guys is being raped, and oh, I mean, you yeah. really do. Like, I can't go, go into detail. Yeah, no, that's fine. It's you don't protected, need, yeah. but, um. I mean, you really think that one of your teammates is getting raped. Uh, it's pretty amazing. But uh, stripping you naked for, you know, a week, you're freezing to death. Your tiny little penis. Because <laughs> yeah, your body's like, that doesn't need blood no. right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of all the things that need blood, your brain and penis do not. Yeah. Um, crawling into the people's pond, which is covered in ice, and then mm-hmm. having them hit you with a phone book and being like, okay, squat down. Like no, but there's ice there. Like yeah, and until your balls break that that ice, and I was like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. You know, like <laughs> the balls are crawling up inside me. Um, that's torture. Yeah, you know, and and um, that's like five minutes into the week long torture camp that you're in. So, waterboarding is not torture, but cheating. Yes. The, during the evasion portion, mm-hmm. you 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 go to school and you learn how to you know eat off the land and you learn how to eat a pine tree and some of the things that they're going to do in this movie they teach you in school um, and if somebody's chasing you uh, you have to live off the land while they have packs of dogs and guys with thermal imagers and guys with night vision that are trying to hunt and find you um, your incentive to not get caught is 
that if you get caught, you go to the concentration camp earlier and they get to beat you for longer. So you're very incentivized not to get captured. Yeah. Does that makes sense. And they've got all the tools and you don't. Right. Like I'm assuming you don't have night vision. You do not. You have nothing <laughs> at all. And they have everything. Yes. No, I mean you have your boots, your pants, and your shirt. That's all you have. You don't have a knife. You don't have anything. You're just like, go. You are now being chased. Time starts now. And you have a week to not get caught. A week in the woods. Yeah, a week in the woods. It's like it's like Survivor Man or Lost or it's like all of those. Do you giggle when you watch like Bear Grylls? Yeah, so I wanted to do <laughs> I wanted to do Naked and Afraid, and uh, they, they like reached out to me. Yeah, and uh, I was like, Yeah, man, I'm totally down for that. And they're like, well, that's weird. Normally, people go back and forth. It's like, No, I totally do. And they started re- researching. They're like, uh, we're, we're just not interested. That's just not going to make great television. It'd be so boring. Uh, are you kidding? It'd be great television. You'd well, know you'd, you're Captain Fixer. I know. I'd be sitting. My feet would be up in like maybe a day and a half. And I'd have a bunch of delicious elk roasting on the spit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So in, in that week of evasion, um, I had found one of the instructors socially before I went to school. And, I, mm-hmm. and she told me where I would be running for my life. Um, like they have a lane, a left and right limit. Uh, so she told me where that was going to be. And I went and I buried food, a lot of food, like enough food to feed me and my team for a week. Oh, so you didn't just take care of you. No, I took care of all of us. So when we got oh, to the first... Nice. I'm a good guy. You are. When we got to the first 10-digit um, grid coordinate and we pulled out this box of MREs, we had one guy with us that was from the Air Force and 11 of us that were Special Forces. And he, he's like, no, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not touching that. That's cheating. And I was like, well, I mean, you got options here. You have starve to death and then mm-hmm. go into concentration camp starving before you get beaten or don't starve. And go to concentration camp and be fat and get beaten. Yeah. I mean, the second option sounds way better. It's just my personal opinion. You can do whatever you want. And he's like, it's a it's a integrity violation. We'll get kicked out if we get caught. I'm like, nobody's going to catch us. The only person that's going to catch us is you. So lo and behold, one week later, we've been eating high on the uh, high on the lamb. I'm so happy. All of us are fat. <laughs> you know. And we get rolled up to go into the concentration camp. And normally, they see these skinny, um, dehydrated... Uh, usually dysentery, like yeah. rough, because people have been eating things off the land, and out come the 12 of us, just fat <laughs> and happy. So they didn't catch you for a week? No. No, we made it all the way to the end. So then oh, we nice. go to a concentration camp. The first bag comes off the Air Force's guy's head, and he's like, oh my God, they had MREs, they had food the whole entire time. So it come got on. It was so awesome, though, because it went from training to real. Because if we got caught, if the yeah. 11 of us broke... In the, in the interrogations, in the, mm-hmm. I'm using my quotation fingers, torture sessions, then we're going to get kicked out of special forces. But did he 11, get kicked out? He did. Yeah, because he's 11 a of narc. Us, the 11 of us stayed to our story. Did you guys get to beat him up before no, he left? He, he had to go back to Sears School and do it all again. Hold on, so he had to go back. Did everyone know when he went back that he was the narc and he mm-hmm. had to go? So everyone knew. Yeah, he never finished. Yeah, I, I, now karma's a. Yeah, it's not nice. Okay, what just happened there? Where they just parachuted through the trees? That's not how this works. It seems dangerous to do it that way. Yeah, when you land in trees, uh, so a drop zone in the military is no trees. Mm-hmm. Oh, this ninja, that's awesome. Um, with the with the sam, they've all with, got they all have samurai swords. swords. Samurai swords, not ninja swords. I had a little teenage brat. 
Well, that's pretty impressive. So if you land in the trees, what happens is every single branch finds every orifice on your body and tries to insert itself into that orifice. Nose, mouth, eyes, ears. I know you're saying eyes aren't yeah. an orifice, but I'm telling you. No, they are. The trees think they They push are. back. My dad used to tell me, uh, my, my second dad was an Eastern Montana cowboy. Tough as nails. Never saw him cry once. We used to make our own bullets for our guns. Uh-huh. We'd hunt to eat. We are super poor. And uh, I watched him drop a, a, a slide of lead of 50 pounds that he was going to hang. His hands were wet. Hit his toe. Split it in half, in half open. He didn't cry. Look at me. He goes, yeah, you better call the doctor. Get the keys and get me a towel. I don't want to bleed in the house. <laughs> and then drove him in there. But I say that because he used to tell me, he goes, if you're going to get into a fight, if you're going to get into a fight, you beat them till their eyes are swollen shut, or you push their eyes so far back that they can't see for 24 hours, so they can't identify you. I was like, "What? What do you? What fight do you think I'm getting in? I like I'm this 12. Guy. I like this guy. I'm 12. I said, "Look at this guy." So he's, yes. So right here on his left collar. Yes. Those cross rifles are for the infantry. Okay. This little setup right here, um, first. That woodland camo uh-huh. is the best camo that's ever existed. We have lots of different patterns. Um, that... I see the blue sometimes. Yeah, super tacky. Nope. <laughs> no. Where does... I don't know where... What tree are you flying? Are you a flying squirrel? Yeah. Or they, like you just blend in with the sky and the tree? Where does that camouflage work? I that... don't know. I mean, your grandma's... By a lake? Your grandma's 90 couch? Yeah. That might be the only option. <laughs> and he's wearing a black beret. So that's... Black berets are for pogues. A pogue is a non-combat arms person. Uh, we also call them dirty legs. Another, dirty legs. A dirty leg, yeah. So my buddy was uh, a dear friend of mine, Dennis Wynant, shout out. He was a drill instructor for uh, the Marines at Camp Pendleton. Said it was one of the, the hardest jobs he ever did only because he sent so many young men for the first Gulf War out to battle. Mm-hmm. He said that was... it. Was the, Training was an enjoyable part of getting to know these men and, and pushing them to their limits and doing things. He goes, but the hardest part was, hands down, sending them off yeah. for him. I'll leave that. You know, but he was, it's funny because I watch these things with him and he does the same thing. He's like, that's, that's not right. Yeah. Because he's got his hat up with the swords crossed, framed. Yeah. And he's like, that's what the real thing should look like. They did it wrong in here. I'm like, do they not, this was, this, but this was a, you know, $30 million budget. You can't hire one expert. They can't get you, call you in to be like, hey. I mean, I, you're. I think they have to like. It's required by the Department of Defense to have mistakes. Interesting. In the uniform, because in every single movie, there's like this always... hat. Does that hat exist? No. <laughs> it doesn't look like it. No. Looks like a no, shitty. None hat. of that exists. It is. Um, so I want that boat. That's kind of that's that kind of a fun right boat. Here in Austin. It would. That's that, a... that looks about me in, in water skiing. That's yeah. I can't water ski to save my life. I had a black lab when I was a kid that rescued me when I fell from water skiing. God, I want that Jeep. There's so much in this movie I want. Those Jeeps are nuts. Now, those old Jeeps are actually tough as nails. That's when they actually Jeeps could last a, a year or so on the road. Now, not so much. Uh, flamethrower. Do you have a flamethrower? I have Elon. Oh, I haven't I haven't received it yet. You, you got one on order? Elon Musk. Elon Musk. <laughs> hey, quite, quite, quite. Now, have you done this where they spin you around? Yeah, centrifuge. Yeah. I have. Does, I, what I, does I, that get you ready for except for throwing up? So, that's a great question. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> When you fly and uh-huh. when you jump out of airplanes and when you're a fighter pilot or mm-hmm. your body goes through extreme Gs, 
A normal human loses consciousness around four to five Gs for a period of three to four seconds. That's a lot of time. Three to four seconds? In a plane that's going, let's say, Mach 1, that seems like a lot of time. Yeah. Um, so if you were in a car, mm -hmm. like a Ferrari, yep. and you're on one of the racetracks here at Circuit of the Americas, yep. it would be really hard to get up to two Gs, just so you can grasp how much. But fighter pilots... They get their bodies up to seven, eight, nine Gs. What does that do to their inside? seconds. Good lord! And they fly the plane while they're doing that. Um, even higher. I mean, their yeah. bodies will get up to like ten Gs for for shorter periods. Of time. Now, have you sat in the plane and done this? I have. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, and but before they let me do that, they had to measure where my thresholds were. And every human, every body, every brain is different. Mm -hmm. um, so. You have, and there's techniques to not lose consciousness, and there's techniques to um, be able to like have your mental faculties as all the blood is rushing from your brain to you know your feet and your asshole. Um, <laughs> you've yeah. got you've got unique bruising. It's like the CSI. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. The blood pooled there. That's where he died. That seems dangerous. By the way. Yeah. So so you've done this. You've you've done these flights. Mm -hmm. um, favorite jet to fly in? Mm. As a kid, mine was just because it looked F fourteen Tomcat. Oh, it was beautiful. I've never, I've never been able to fly in that. No. No. So when Goose died, that hurt. Yeah. You know, and um, I remember walking down the bridge of the aircraft carrier and, and watching Maverick throw those dog tags into the water. <laughs> and um, I just couldn't get inside of that aircraft again. You know? That makes sense. <sighs> F-16? Yeah. yeah. Yeah? It's a monster. Dude, that... <laughs> that thing is so powerful. Monster. It is a monster. That is, little Airbus right there. Is that your least favorite to fly in because there's no pressure in the cabin? Uh, no. So I, I love them because it's like okay. everything's kind of pillowy. It doesn't oh, nice. turn hard. It doesn't accelerate fast. <laughs> everything's just kind of soft. It's just it's the 1979 Cadillac of the yeah. skies. Oh, is this Afghanistan? I've been there. I think this is Afghanistan. Yes, because then they go to Russia afterwards. Oh, okay, good. Just yep. sure. Oh, I know that guy. <laughs> I killed him and took that rifle. <laughs> took it from him. What is and that's and that's what you know. I really do have a, a musket, muzzle loaded rifle that I brought back from Afghanistan, um, and there was a bad guy carrying it. Really? Just so you can grasp how dumb they are. It is a and so went the chicken. And so went yeah. Their their little coops are are now done and and you're and I love this. They're just they got Budweisers. They're they're running the news agency like I run my podcast. A couple of beers, you know, just hanging out, relaxing. Horrible outfits again. I don't think those are they. Those look like British outfits from the Gandhi film. Yeah, I was gonna be like French uh, in India. In, right, yeah. Like the French trying to invade and. Yeah, yeah well, well, it wasn't like real invasion because because the French don't do that. No, they no. offer cheese and they're like, "Hey, can we be friends? We'll, we'll park over here." It's still a musket, guys. Uh, I mean, I know it's threatening to have a gun pulled on you, but it's still a musket. Uh, if you could, how many times, just roundabout, do you think you've had a gun pulled on you? I mean, I can say twice. Oh man, does yeah. having somebody point a gun at me from? A bad guy maybe wanted to do something. Like, I, I used to sell malt liquor in South Central Los Angeles. Yeah. So I had that happen to me once. Okay. And I, I literally, I wet my pants. 
I mean, I'm a 300 pound, 320 pound fat kid from Montana selling malt liquor in South Central. Mm -hmm. The only guns I've seen are the guns that I've handled, and I know how to handle them responsibly because I took hunter safety at eight. I mean, I was shooting elk and deer at nine. And this guy pulls a gun up, he's got it sideways and has his finger on the trigger. And I'm like, well, one, that's not how you hold a pistol. And two, <laughs> I really believe you'll probably just accidentally pull the trigger because you're just an idiot. And then once in Cabo, uh, they arrested me and they asked me if I wanted to go back to the uh, to the prison. And I said, no, I'd like to sit up here. They said, well, how much money's in your wallet? And I said, I don't know, you can check. And they had $200. And then a kid stood right about here. I'm showing everyone, you guys can't see, but about a foot away from me. And he had an M16 aimed at my head. And there's wind blowing and there's allergies. And, you know, I'm just like, this kid could, I don't, I, hopefully they can't afford bullets. This wind, is all. Wind and allergies. Yeah. I just, I don't want this kid to sneeze and blow my fucking head off. I mean, this is terrifying. And a buddy of mine who's a big real estate developer down in Cabo made a phone call and said, hey, you actually arrested the wrong guy. I'm like, oh, well, he's big and white. Got someone. He's like, let him go. And the chief came over and he uncuffed me and he goes, you have powerful friends. You can go. We got the wrong guy. And I said, powerful enough that I can get my 200 bucks back? And he goes, what 200 bucks? And I was like, okay, just check. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, thanks. just making sure. Just making sure we're, we're still in Mexico and on the same page. Our 52nd state. Canada being our 51st, of course. I like Canada. I like Canada. Do these, these, uh, these little double agents here? Yes, the Russian double agents. Yeah. Uh, that I mean, they're, they're more fascist looking than they are... Like they're like Nazi superhuman yeah. looking than they are not or to, than they are Russian. Russians seem to have a, a unique look um, versus that. Is it a weird thing that we've in some ways? I mean, like so these guys are you know they're they like they move fast. They're dressed in the pink. We've made almost the the Nazi fascist people in some ways I, not superhero esque, but in this weird way like they. They almost always seem to have a level up, but then they do something really stupid. Yeah. You know, whereas the Russians always seem to be like, we'll just trudge through anything to, to kill you. Well, I think that is a lot their history. Yeah. You know, because they really just would trudge, trudge through anything to kill you. You're like, hey, I'm going to put 200,000 people into this battle, but I'm only going to give 100,000 of them guns. And when the one in front of you dies, just pick up his gun. Like those were actually Russian tactics. Uh, the Nazis, you know, they had some really great tactics and they had some brilliant scientists and they had some of the best minds on the planet. You know, the whole eugenics thing they yeah. kind of took from us. And then they made some huge errors. Yeah. You know, they like made some mistakes like pissing <laughs> off the Russians, <laughs> you know, it, it, it seems, and starting to kill a bunch of Jews. Yeah. It seems weird that they didn't take that part of history. Yeah. Like, we'll just go after him. And Russia's like, winter's coming. Follow me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no. Just another mile. Uh, call, you know, the, they've got their weatherman going, there's a cold front coming behind them. They're like, they're going to die in between cold fronts. Because <laughs> it's a Russian winter. Yeah. And you can set that in front there. You're, this is, nothing's digital here. So you're fine. Okay. It is all analog and, and fun. Um, is there a, and I, it's, it's a weird question because I know the phrasing is wrong. Um, but... Is there a place that you enjoy traveling to as um, in, in service of our country than, than versus another place? 
Yeah. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah, I know yeah, it's a yeah. shitty way to phrase it, and I no, apologize so any, for that. Anytime the army does anything, mm-hmm. it sucks balls. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's oh, not... you like to scuba dive. Yeah. Great, we're going to send you to combat diver, and we're going to take all the fun out of it. We're going to put you under the water with a mask, and then we're going to turn your air off, and then we're going to have a bunch of people attack you and tear all of your stuff and try to cut your hose, and they're going to tie knots and everything, and then they're going to beat you in the face, and you're like, oh, so this is the army's version of scuba diving. Got it. They're like, I love skydiving. They're like, that's neat. <laughs> that's let's let's show you what our version of skydiving is. <laughs> I love to travel. I was a very well-traveled young youngster. Um, and I was like, I love traveling with my dad and my mom, you know, and, and seeing all the different sites and learning different languages and appreciating cultures and foods. And then you travel with the army. <laughs> and, you know, and one, you don't never get to go to great places. Are you familiar with where we've been fighting wars for yeah. the last 17 years. Oh, yeah. Okay. There's not a lot of tourism. No. In Afghanistan. No. I don't care what Homeland says. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what Homeland says. Nah. Okay? It's not that nice. Yeah. Iraq. Not a lot of tourism to Iraq. No, no, no stops in the open-air cafes of Lebanon? No. No. <laughs> nope. Um, and then, like, Africa. Like, I love Africa. Yeah. There's some great places in Africa. Like I, I went and hung out in South Africa, you know, for my second honeymoon and uh, going on safaris and hunting and hanging out with gorillas. There's a lot to do in Africa. Mm-hmm. But then you go to Africa for the army and they're like, we're going to send you to a place that has no water with mosquitoes that are like kamikaze pilots that will find any bit of fluid on your body, specifically your eyeballs, and try to fly into it. Um, and every single thing within a hundred miles of you that has a heart is trying to kill you, you know, and, and that's where you're going to go work. You have wow. no water, no food, and everybody wants to murder you. Well, look at this blue eyed bastard. I know he's British. And, His teeth kind of give it away too. Man, that guy's bullets are all, look at that. So has, was that a tracer? And they're not even the same caliber. No, everything's different. No wonder there. you guys can never win a war. They also never lose wars. No, they just, it's, 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 it's almost, it's like a blinking contest. Uh. <laughs> There's <laughs> like, I'll use toothpicks. I don't care. Perpetual place of war. Now, have you been to, have you ever hunted up in Alaska? Yeah. So, mosquitoes worse in Africa or Alaska? Because those mosquitoes in Alaska are pterodactyls. Yeah. Um, They're monsters. There's also not malaria in Alaska. That's true. It's... Dengue fever. <laughs> yellow fever. <laughs> there's, like, there's like nine fevers that Alaska doesn't have. Yeah. Because it's generally below zero. I just yesterday went to the doctor and, yeah. and they pull up. So, I, you know, Burkina Faso, Mali, Niger. Those are like the places I was mm-hmm. two weeks ago. Oh, jeez. So I tell a doctor and she's like, okay, so we're going to run some tests. Like, there's nothing wrong with me. Um, mm-hmm. This is just like post-trip stuff. And um, by some tests, she meant 12 different vials to test for every imaginable virus or bacteria or parasite that it could that that exists on the planet, they tested for. Because it's probably there. Yeah. Cause, no, because it is where I was, and they're just hoping that it's not in me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Now, of course, let's be honest, traveling the, the globe, um, always attractive women everywhere, just mm-hmm. just like in this movie. Yep. Just, you know, you got the, you got the attractive... British ladies, doctor, 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 doctor. and Chevy Chase's. It's it's amazing. Uh, I talked to my, my friend Jesse Mapalusa. Uh, she said Chevy Chase and Bill Bill Murray uh, and Chevy Chase here, not 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 now, but and Bill Murray even today, 
not um, they are living proof that sometimes looks don't matter as much as personality does. Yeah. What I found funny is that what I didn't know is that that gal that that um, Chevy Chase hooks up with, that's the woman that Dan Aykroyd's with at the time. Hence this subtle jealousy that is probably in some ways a very real jealousy. Yeah, that's so cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. And look at that. Just right into it. Right into it, right? And it looks almost a little bit, because Dan Aykroyd doesn't have that personality that Chevy Chase has. He's very talented. He's still funny. Yeah. But he doesn't have it. And it's like, no, wait, wait, no, I don't trust you. I'm almost really fighting you off because I don't know if even though cameras are here. One of the weirdest people I've ever seen in my life were in a village in Afghanistan. And and the village clearly had a little bit of the Hun in their genetic line. Okay. Um, a lot of Russian. So you, you had the Hun little olive-shaped eyes. Mm-hmm. And then you'd see these cold steel gray blue eyes from the Russians. But then you'd have the olive Middle East Middle Eastern complexion of the skin. And they were one, the women were the most beautiful, breathtaking, generous people I've ever met in my life. And the men were just these hardened, leathered every all, all of them looked like Clint Eastwoods. Oh wow. You know? And there was a dead Taliban rotting corpse hanging from the entrance to the village. Which, don't don't come here. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And we I had just been in pretty much a gunfight for two weeks. And rolling into this village, you know, I'm, I've been truly actually had poop coming out of my butthole in the middle of these gunfights because we were altitude sickness. I slept under the vehicle one time and I breathed in the diesel. And then I got up and got into more gunfight, more adrenaline, no food like dysentery all oh. and there's just no chance to ever do anything yeah and your body just finally just and rolling and then and then we come over this ridge and we drive down to this village and i see a dead body hanging rotting you know i was like of course you know this this this, this is fitting yeah, I'm gonna t- it's tuesday i'm gonna die here you know my body is just gonna finally give out and then i find out it's a taliban um person and there and that was their way of saying you know freedom from this point on now is that and that's a bold move culturally speaking because generally you're no matter who you are if you ask for help in that culture you're supposed to give it mm-hmm. which I think you know Americans aren't understanding the culture like why would they let someone they don't like why would they hide them and it's like no I mean culture they're supposed to so to put that up is such a I mean that's a that's that's a bold aggressive statement to where screw culture you're that bad. You're that bad that I'm going to give up 5,000 years of culture and say, no, you're not welcome. Yeah. And everyone that comes through here understands what we're giving up and what we're sacrificing and what we're standing for. Mm-hmm. And then they, they cooked for us. They um, housed us. How good do those meals taste? After when you are, I mean, which after two weeks in Austin, I'm sure that meal doesn't taste good. But after a battle. It's the sweetest tasting thing you've ever tasted yeah you know wow now outside of the 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 military part you also hunter mm-hmm. still training it on it mm-hmm. still doing jujitsu mm-hmm. what um what's your way to escape and get away what's what what, what has you unplug a little bit I mean, my life uh fortunately 
all the things that I do are things I love to do. Okay. You know, so like even like I have I have people that pay me to use their products. Mm-hmm. Well, I use their products anyways. <laughs> I've always used their products since I was like four. You know, uh, whether it's like the gun I'm using or the ammo I'm using or the knife I'm carrying, like that's what I've used my whole life. Uh, which is awesome because then it's authentic and it's real. Yep. I'm not just some guy being like, oh, you should, hi, my name's Tim Kennedy and you should drink Dr. Pepper. You know, I was like, yeah, Dr. Pepper's gross. Yeah. You know, I would never do that. <laughs> um, you know, there, there's like some significant, so when, when I'm hunting, it's, I love hunting. We got a favorite rifle. Mine was 243 and then a .30-06 bolt action. Both given to me by my grandfather. Both great guns. Um, I would, I couldn't say I have a favorite rifle. You'd have to say, what is your favorite rifle for elk? Elk. Um, the last elk I shot, I shot with a 308, believe it or not. Oh, nice. Yeah. Wow. I have that. I have it right here. Um, we're having that for dinner tomorrow night. Yes. Yeah, we're having elk tacos. Excellent. Um, in appropriate Austin fashion. Uh, There's that beauty. Oh, wow. That's a gorgeous. Yeah. Man, where'd you um, here? In... Yeah, it was in Texas, but okay. right on the border of Mexico, near Big, Big Bend. Okay. And uh, yeah, he is. I was in love with him. He's just gorgeous. That's a gorgeous rack. Wow. Um, antelope. Uh, Mine was a two twenty three. See, I was shooting a three seven five. Okay. Which is way more than I needed. <laughs> um, well, it picks them up off their feet and knocks three friends over. Yeah. The, um, like, small game antelope, um, what, I, sh- I shot 30 out 6, 308, um, 300 win. Wow. Yeah. 300 win. Big gun. It's a big gun. I'm shooting, right now I'm shooting a lot of 6.5. Um, six point five Creedmoor and six uh, and the three hundred weather be Magnum, um, and then pigs here in Austin. Yeah, a lot of five five six and a lot of uh, three hundred blackout. Interesting. So this this scene is it. <laughs> right here is my life. <laughs> Where do we cut him? Eh, lower left, a little farther down. Um, more of that. I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh huh. And blood is going to be involved. It this could seems, just be a metaphor for my life. It, well, I mean, it seems like there's a subtle self-deprecation there because you do know what, I mean, I'm sure you found yourself in pickles where you're just like, okay, I don't know how we're going to get out of this. And obviously you have. But then you think about, I mean, there there's a representation of everything you've done, whether it's jujitsu or whether it's the training or anything else, where jujitsu seems to be this self-proclaiming continuous puzzle of you do this i do this you do this i do this and at some point someone's going to make one tiny error and then i've done this twice and now you tap me yeah there could also be a degree of of just dumb luck where uh you might be doing something to include jujitsu and uh you're just so much of a crow magnum man Mm -hmm. hairy gorilla ape with a little bit of luck on the side that you win more often than not. <laughs> do you think it's a will? Do you think that's a will part, or do you think that is a? 
I, I think some of that is is less Cro Magnon eight man and more of I just want it more than you. I mean, I, so I'll go back to I play basketball and I'm the oldest guy playing. Generally speaking, I'm I'm one of the oldest or the oldest playing all the time. And I was with a couple of guys like those guys are just better. Let's just switch the teams up. I'm like, no, we're gonna win. Jay, we're not gonna win. They just they have better shooters. We're we're gonna win. We're winning this next game. And then we won. They were better. But I they and they and they were younger. They're 15 years younger than me, all of them, some 20. Yeah. And but but no, you don't you don't want it as bad as I just want to beat some 23-year-old kid. You don't want it as bad as I do. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean they're, they're, I'm sure all of that plays into it. Um and then there's the old man strength thing. And right? cheating. And cheating. Yeah. No, oh, yeah, I'm a, Let's circle I'm back to yeah. that. <laughs> How dare you, sir? I'm an yeah. excellent cheater at basketball. Yes. I yeah. fi- we, we figure it out and we, we run after it the best way we can. That's for sure. I mean, you have to. You know, there's there's the, the, the tricks that, that you have to incorporate. Have you seen the movie 12 Horsemen? Yes. Pretty neat. That is, that's, it's, it's fascinating. The, it, it always amazes me. You know, and it's, I think I think Twelve Horsemen. If you, if it teaches you nothing else, then do hold judgment until you know things. Yeah. When you think there's a pause and you don't think someone reacted fast enough, when you don't know what's going on because you live in Newport Beach, California, and you get your beers at Mutt Lynch's, it take a pause. You know, and I don't. It's it's not a matter of agreeing or disagreeing as much as it is a matter of let's be honest. You don't know everything that's going on. You know. Yeah. It, I think it's. I think that. I think that if you take nothing away but that from that film, then at least you've learned something, right? It's a good movie. It it's is. Pretty horses. Pretty horses. These horses are just as pretty. I love horses. I've been bucked off many a horse, just because I'm not uh, the one see, random tree. That, that was dumb luck. Right that was there. dumb luck. There are no trees in Afghanistan, but they found <laughs> one tree, and it saved that dude. So was that skill? No. No. That was just luck. I think it's also luck this guy doesn't know how to choke someone. I think it's luck that he's trying, you know, that he's just using a hand to try to choke someone and then falls out of the back of a, of a shitty made van and these horses can't keep up or no one wants to shoot their tires. There's a lot of bullet holes in that in that medical van. I learned for no bullet hitting the tire. For no one hitting the tire or hitting them. I learned quickly uh, my first job out of college was Hertz Local Edition and we got a car back from LA and it had a two bullet holes in it and the cops came to look at it and they showed me how it went from one end of the car to the other like one bullet went through the trunk the back seat the front seat through the engine and out the front <laughs> and then you see movies like this and you know it hits the back and it tings off I'm like, unless you're using some whack 22 pistol you know 20 grain slug nose that can you know maybe fly 50 feet stop it's going through the car you're not you're not protected yeah i like these guys i like this uh this beautiful secret base it's in lancaster california see that right there oh yeah um the meth capital of the state don't they in lancaster and i and this is true with riverside as well uh they have to it in a quarter mile radius if there's been a meth house and you're buying a home they have to let you know mm-hmm uh, meth was cooked over here. Yeah, uh, which means there's no property available for sale uh, without that notification in the whole entire city. <laughs> <laughs> and we have BB King, by the way. Uh, 
right here. He's the, the one Pepsi sponsored. There he is. The the wind is accurate. Uh, I I skydive in and around the area, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it is brutal, windy all the time. I saw a young man. Uh, I went to the international sky surfing competition out by Lancaster mm-hmm. twenty two years ago. And they were coming in and they had made this false pond and they were sky surfing down and then hit the pond and drop the chute and then hit the pond. And a guy went to do a move and his chute folded in half. And we watched him fall Mm -hmm. and then bounce. The earth is like a trampoline. Kind of. Kind of. Not for the body so much, but he bounced. Yeah. Twice. And then they, the, everyone ran over, they held the sheets up. You just heard him screaming and then not screaming. Yeah. And then he'd wake up screaming and pass out from the pain again. And then, you know, a ways for an ambulance to come. Uh, and I walked into the bar and I'm like, I just need a drink. <laughs> and I'm looking around and it's, I'm like, oh, this is cute. They've just got all the guys who skydive here. No. No. <laughs> it's all the guys that died. Yeah. There. All the, and there was the, the head guy, the number one skydiver. And I was like, I want to take you skydiving. Like, no, I'm good. And I was like, no. I said, I still remember. Same Eastern Montana cowboy dad that raised me. Only two things follow the sky. Bird shit and dumb shits. (laughs) (laughs) And airborne rangers. Airborne rangers. Now, what made Which are the latter. Which are the latter. Yeah, uh, the dumb shit and the bird shit. The dumb shit and the bird shit? (laughs) (laughs) What made you choose uh, Army over anything else? Over the other armed forces? So Army Special Forces is unlike any fighting force on the planet. Okay. They um, they are masters in a, in a craft that you can't really put a finger on. You know, they were guerrilla warfare masters. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what is that? You know, unconventional warfare. Um, that, that is taking a really small group of people, sticking them to a place where nobody wants them to train a bunch of people that don't want to fight to fight to then overthrow a government and then have democracy. And that's what we do. Think about wow. that. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, there's nobody else in the, in the world that's ever done it besides us. Um, that has, there have been p- plenty that have tried it, mm-hmm. but we're the only ones that, that, uh, that do it. And with that comes a different type of person. It's a, it's a person that values human life, that likes different cultures, that loves to fight war. And okay. That's a weird thing. Yeah. In the same person. Yeah, absolutely. Seems like a lot of contradictions, yeah. if you will. Or living with those contradictions. Yeah. It seems like you guys need better PR. It seems like the SEALs have a good PR team. Our motto is <laughs> the quiet professionals. Okay. Well, then you don't need PR. Yeah. yeah. That the, the Navy SEALs is more body wax, smaller <laughs> swimsuits, and better tan lines. Better tan lines. My buddy uh, was a uh, he was the first uh, African American goalie on the um, on the water polo team for, awesome. for the United States. Wow, he can float in the water and throw a water polo ball sixty miles an hour. That's insane. He's a I mean physical specimen. Yeah. And there was a there was a dodgeball tournament down in Newport, and I invited him, and we went through one round, and I had the U.S. Olympic water polo team, <laughs> and then me. Yeah, <laughs> I was like cheating, right? And everyone's like. Yeah. Give him the trophy. We just want to play. No one wants to get hurt. And I was like, all right. But he tried. He um, his team did uh, a day with the seals down at Camp Pendleton, uh-huh. and they all made it through. They made it through the day. And the guy was like, hey, you know, we've never had 
we always have these groups that come through and they're like, oh, we want to try this. And then like two hours later, like it's cold. Let's yeah. go get tacos. And he's like, you guys actually made it through. And Janai talked about it. And he was like, it was difficult. He goes, but for the water portion of everything that they put us through, he's almost like they just hit our sweet spot. We came on a day when everything was water. Yeah. He's like, I'll have two guys, 210 pounds, trying to pull me underwater with their legs, trying to drown me. They will put their fingers in their butts and then they'll stick it in my eye to give me pink eyes so I can't play the next game. Like, this is what they do. He goes, they hit, they hit our stride. We were ready. Like, <laughs> we have a water polo family. So oh, nice. Yeah. I'm, You're well-versed. That yeah. one right there plays water polo. My dad is a pretty amazing water polo player, and it is a violent, gross, yeah, under understated sport in its violence. Um, I think I don't I don't know if there's a sport that better prepares you for the physicality of of either buds or combat dive school. He's it's it's interesting, right? Because it is. Um, I'm pulling up a picture of him here, so I can just yeah, let me see here. Where are you, Janai? And we'll just yeah. So this was him with the uh, U.S. Olympic team. Damn. And he is six seven. Yeah. So he's just got whips. Yeah. He's, yeah, especially, and and once again, nicest guy in the world until you get in the water with him and then he wants to drown you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just, he has it. Now they are effectively going to try to, one, leave Afghanistan, cross the border, and sneak into Russia. Um, it seems like how, how are the former Soviet Union, if you will, um, when looking at a real map, like this, I find it fascinating when people show a real map. I was like, oh, America, Canada, most of South America can fit into Africa. That's pretty amazing. I'm glad, you know. But white people drew the map. They're like, keep it a little bit small. Don't show how big that area is. The former Soviet Union, that whole area is rather large. It would seem like you wouldn't have to sneak as much, if you will, because it, it seems like a, a, a colander minus what they're going to go through, which is mountains and all of this nonsense that 99.9% of the people can't navigate through without breaking their leg. I don't know why they drive to the one checkpoint (laughs) in probably 500 miles on a border that spans for (laughs) 5,000 miles of open space. Of open space. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, why would you go to the checkpoint to get into Canada at New York in New York mm-hmm. when you could go to Montana and just walk right across? Just yeah. do whatever you need to do and not and not actually know when you've entered Canada. It's funny coming back from Canada on numerous occasions, mm-hmm. uh, driving, you know, going through someplace and not getting a stamp going in and then coming out and they're like, where's your stamp coming in? And they're like, I just never got one coming in. They're like, oh, sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Let's give you two stamps. <laughs> That's just Scott Canada. God, love you Canada. guys. It, they're great. I love Canadians. I I, I mean, I, I grew up 60 miles away from the Canadian border. Mm. Saw them all the time. Would go up to Calgary a lot. Mm. It's gorgeous. Vancouver's great. It's uh, it's it's an interesting spot. And then, you know, and then you fly up a little bit farther and we've got a wonderful Alaska, which is... Outside of, you know, we had, uh, I went to college with a buddy, his name, I forget his real name. I don't know his real name, but he was from Homer, Alaska. And he looked like Homer Simpson. So we just called him Homer. Yeah. Yeah. 1992. I mean, he couldn't have lived in a more prime time when the Simpsons were 
had this super cult following. Be like, hey, Homer. People are like, hey, where is X, Y, and Z? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Where's Homer? Oh, Homer's right oh, over there. Right there. Who's the guy you're looking for, though? Does Homer know him? We should all get to know him. Now, did you have, um, whether it's in uh, the Armed Forces or grown up, do you have a nickname? Uh, I mean, down as a kid wrestling, they'd call me Daz. Okay. Like a demon and Tasmanian devil together. Interesting. And then when I got to my first Special Forces unit, my would wear these IR reflective badges. So if you're looking through night vision, you could see who you're talking to. And mine was Delta 06, so D06. Okay. Um, and looking through night vision, things are kind of like smushy, mm -hmm. um, especially IR reflective tape. So it looked like D-O-G, so they called me Dog. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I like Das. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about dog. I don't like dog. <laughs> I didn't like either of them. You didn't like either of them? Um, so Dan Aykroyd here is wearing a really horrible business-lined collared shirt. Yes. Every time I go to Africa or the Middle East, uh -huh. I pack as many crappy collared shirts and cheap shoes that you would find at the local secondhand store. Okay. Because they're priceless there. Really? I don't know why. Like that shirt right there. Uh -huh. Whoever advised them, they're like, okay, go to Goodwill and buy that 30 cent shirt that's uh -huh. been on the rack for nine years that has the the clothes hanger worn in it. Yep. The wear. Yeah. Rock it. Yeah. Now what about this outfit? Nope, never the, got one of those. The fur with I the dream got, catcher on it. Nope, just got hypothermia. I just <laughs> it doesn't seem efficient. No. And Oh I, it is. <clears throat> oh it is? Yeah. Um it seems like it, the weight to carry it around, what I mean by efficient. Not necessarily warmth, the, the weight of, of okay, trudging. Yeah. yeah. Inefficient. But warm. Warm. And no camo. I mean, unless you're gonna get shot at when they decide to go hunting that day. Or you're hiding in a in a pack of whatever that is. Dogs that just killed a gypsy. <laughs> just, that red is also a great, great camouflage color. It is. It, it, it's, it looks like blood. So in case they just think they've already got you. And once We're again... back to the military and government. Back to the secret base. Um, how many times when people run into you, and this could be never, but I just, I'm wondering how many times you get around, like, so how many secret bases have you been to? Been to Area 51? Mm. Been to NORAD? Do you get that? Because because of A, who you are, because it seems like you're a you're an approachable of, of all the things that you do, you're still a very approachable person. I mean, you I emailed you and you emailed me back, and you didn't know me from Adam. Yeah. And you're still like, oh, that sounds like fun, sure. And I was like, holy shit. I pinged a buddy of mine, and he's like, that really wasn't deep. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> and I said, My life is built on things never happening. How dare you? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I don't get uh, – one, because I've only been in Special Forces for 15 years, and we've been at war for 17. I kind of missed out on the, the secret base era of the mm -hmm. war, you know, because we've the, – the, the secret base thing was Cold War era stuff, whereas we we're just in real war era stuff. So we don't really have a lot of secret bases. Uh, we really don't. And the, just – just secret locations. Right. And the ones that I've been to, you know, they're like, you know, they all got names like the, the unit or the compound or um, the barricade or like all, all of them. And it's just, what do you say? 
Oh, yeah, the, the headquarters. Um, <laughs> but it's just some random horrible military building that looks like all the other horrible military buildings, and it just has a couple of great people in it. Nice. That's it. Now, the secret locations, you know, you've got... Oh, I didn't know the trees sparked. Trees will spark. Just yeah. like just like you can hear them peel out mm-hmm. in the snow. Um, how old are you when you got your uh, when you got your license? Sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. Okay. Farm state. Fourteen. Yeah. I did take it in the winter time because my dad thought that was more appropriate. He just wasn't responsible enough. Yeah. <laughs> He's like he just wanted me to fail. He's like, please just fail. You're not you're not good at this. And uh, but it, I, I bring that up because I. Now I, I love winter driving. You know, my wife's family's from Kentucky, and we'll go out to Kentucky and hang out. I'll bootleg. I'll run back moonshine. I mean, good Kentucky family moonshine. Yeah. Good flavors. But there's been a couple of things. We went out for Christmas. She's like, oh, it's gonna, there's going to be snow. It's going to be storming. And I said, oh, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. I grew up driving around in the snow. Love it. And I love that aspect of, eh, we'll, we'll make it work. Yeah. You know? Just... I'm- I kind of dispute that there is such good as good a, a, a thing as good moonshine. Really? Yeah. Now, see, you're just you're. I'll get you some good moonshine. There's Everybody something... has said that yeah. for a really long time, and I'm like, still tastes like moonshine. Boy, I mean, you have to have a palate for it. Maybe I just don't have a palate for it. It could be like I don't think there's good whiskey. I, but I don't have it. But brown booze and I don't get along. Yeah. So I think I've created more in my mind that I just don't like to drink brown booze. Whereas tequila and I are best friends. Mm. And I can drink tequila all night long and, and I'm still happy and, and, and have fun. And this seems like the worst torture interrogation in the world, by the way. It's good or not good. They're not good. He's just going to threaten to cut off a finger and that's about it. Which seems, once again... That's after, a cool knife, though. It's a nice knife. But it seems like, once again, uh, what you brought up, what you went through. I still have all my digits. You still have all your digits. Yep. <laughs> Didn't lose a finger. Dr. Zhivago in the background. Look at that. That's amazing. That's a good placement right there. Now, with everything that you do, uh, one of the funniest stories I heard, and tell me if this is true or if this is just folklore, is that USADA came to test you. Mm-hmm. And the guy didn't quite know where to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and was monkeying around. Mm-hmm. And then... You appropriately, because of what you do for a living in multiple areas, way outside of the UFC, um, caught him, if you will. You mean to pull a gun out and stuck it on him? Yeah. Yeah, that's totally true. <laughs> okay. And it wasn't that he didn't know where he was going. It's just to get to my house, there's not a lot of traffic because it's like a you know, golf course, private community. Yeah. And so I kind of know everybody that is on my street. And driving down when there's a car that clearly doesn't belong, mm-hmm. you know, like, there's certain types of car that are kind of live in that area and yeah. just not the right type. And uh, totally being socioeconomic judging right now. No, that's okay. okay. And, but it's a neighborhood and you know your cars. Yeah, and it's not one of those cars. Yeah. And it's like, and it's black, you know, and it's like <laughs> bad tinted windows. And um, ISIS had just very, very recently. Um, put me on their kill list. And the FBI had been to my house and had contacted my wife and had talked to some of my employers like, hey, ISIS is currently actively recruiting somebody to try and kill you from the central Texas area. I was like, that is great news. I was just, okay, I was going to put a pause in this story and ask, 
do you take pride in that because of all the other things that you've done? Or Just is there... think about all <laughs> the times that I've gone to really, really nasty, ugly, horrible places, eating really bad, ugly, horrible food, just to go and find them. Mm-hmm. And what they're telling me is that I don't have to do any of that, that they're going to come to me. I mean, this is great news. <laughs> You're like, well, I'm having elk tacos. Yeah. These idiots. So again, the, the military ruining everything. Yeah. Uh, like if, if you're going to, if you were going to fly to Niger, mm-hmm. you would fly from here to Atlanta, Atlanta to Paris, Paris to Miami. That's what would happen. Sounds nice. It does. Not that bad. You know, maybe 30 hours of travel. If I, in the military, were going to fly to Niger, I would fly from here to Fort Hood. Fort Hood to DC. DC to New York. New York to Ireland. Ireland to Paris. Paris to Ethiopia. Ethiopia to Niger. Who's your travel agent? Yeah, and that's about 70 hours. Yeah. That's, that was a real flight plan I just gave you. Oh my gosh. Um, and so that's the military taking the fun out of everything. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I go to like try and find these bad guys, those are the routes I would have to take. So the travel alone makes it way better for ISIS to come to my house yeah. than me to have to go and find <clears throat> ISIS. Absolutely. Yeah, so just a slow clap to those guys <laughs> trying to come and kill me. But I, the FBI wasn't thrilled about my response. But, um, you know, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway, so Usada shows up at my house. ISIS is trying to kill me. And some random dude driving down the road in a car in a community that he shouldn't be in. And he gets out and he pulls up into my kind of long driveway and he's following me in. So I punch it, get get in my driveway, hop out of my car, pull out my gun, you know. Yeah. And he just sticks his little hands out his window and uh, it kind of smelled like cabbage. And he's like, I'm from USADA. And for you <laughs> for you that don't know, is the, the U.S. anti-doping administration and i've just given a urine sample to the car yeah. none of these guys can shoot none no one can well, let's see how this grenade works this is one of my favorite parts because one the underhand throw chevy what's this is this uh, throw it back no, throw it back yeah get rid of that get rid of it hey guys you dropped something uh grenades much harder to throw than i think so people give them hard. credit for yeah they're heavy um they're really 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 heavy Seems like you could dislocate. There's no fire. No fire. There's no fire in grenades. Is it just? Is it more like a landmine where it's projecting shrapnel? Then. Yeah. So you you have the accelerant on mm-hmm. the inside of the shrapnel, is is just the casing around the explosive. Oh wow. Okay. You know, there's no there's no like little bits of. So if you look at the grenade, you see like the the little lines down the side on the yep. inside. They're even worse. So it's it's designed so when it explodes. The overpressure from the explosive on the inside sends that shrapnel traveling in every direction about 3,000 feet per second. Jeez. And, um, yeah, it's pr- pretty brutal. I, I can't throw anything. <laughs> I can't throw a football. If you give me a basketball, it would be embarrassing. Um, but uh, I can throw a grenade. You can throw it. Is there a technique? Is there a proper – I mean, I'm sure there is a proper yeah. technique. So you do this like – Soup, like the Heisman pose, uh-huh. you know, and point towards the direction that you're going to throw. And then you like do this big full body throw like this. Oh, wow. To get it as far as you can. How far can you throw a grenade? I don't know how the furthest I can throw. I just did the Marine Combat Fitness Test. Okay. Uh, I, if you, is this dabbing? 
That's dabbing, yeah. That's dabbing. Yep. So it's kind of like the, the dab pose. Okay. With a grenade. Interesting. Yeah. The the com, the Marine Combat Fitness Test, you do a bunch of sprints, you drag a dead body, you carry a 250-pound guy, you press an ammo can for a while, you run a half a mile, um, and then you take a grenade and you have to throw a grenade and it has to land in like a five-foot radius. And I think it's 25 meters away, 25 feet away. I don't remember how far away. Far enough so you don't get the shrapnel, I'm assuming. It's not. It's a. It's a. It's a dud. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is just to be accurate, and because they want everybody. Most soldiers don't get to handle grenades a lot. Okay. Um, they, you know they do it in basic training, mm-hmm. and then they never see a grenade again until they're in combat, and um, which is a really bad idea. You Seems should, that yeah. Yeah, it's a bad idea. It's like driving the tank once. And like good, you got it. Yeah. No, we don't use these much. Don't worry yeah. about it. Um, it's not like a bike where it's like ah. <laughs> That'll come back to me. That's not, that's not how it works. Um, so we 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 use grenades a lot. I'm a big fan of grenades. They're like nice. my favorite thing. Really? Yeah. I was going to ask you. So that's that's one of your favorites. When I was yeah, growing up, well, then not so well. When I was growing God, up, she's that, getting prettier. She gets better looking as the, as the movie goes is it, on. Is, that, is it not? So it's not just me. No, but she's no. way prettier than she was 30 minutes ago. Well, fur does her good. Fur really. We're, fur does all fur, women. Fur does all women, but it really punches her up a notch. Yeah, like the um, the PETA people. Yeah, I was like, well, I know what you won't look sexy in. Exactly. Well, there was that one. also that sweet bear fur I exactly. have hanging in my closet. Oh, I've got some. I got a. We had a sweet bear rug, tr- traditional Montana style, mm-hmm. right out in front of the fireplace. My dad I don't want to make it. out with a pe- uh, a PETA girl on. The bear rug. Bear rug. Start out and just tell her it's fake, and then halfway through, be like, "This is real bear. It feels good, doesn't it?" <laughs> it's coarse hair. It's. I mean, it's. It looks pretty. It's like the the cow rugs or anything else. All of that hair is coarse. Or the. Um, I remember my dad used to make me. Uh, we'd shoot out, pull out the back teeth because they're ivory. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm missing a bunch of my ivory teeth. That you say that. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. No, really. I mean, people. People are gonna be listening, going, "What are you guys talking about?" It's a big deal. Yeah, it's it's freaking ivory, first yeah. of all, which is really valuable. And yep. second, it like as as guys that appreciate the animals, it's a, it's a it's what they make noises with for mating. Yeah, and it's a demonstration of how old they are and something that like so if you appreciate the animal, like you appreciate the the ivory. Yeah, that was one of the things that uh, that we would do is you you Jason go get the ivory, go get it. no she's gotten in the cold weather with fur she's gotten better looking. I mean, her, her makeup. look fuller. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, yeah. that's, a, that's a, I think that's another thing you probably don't necessarily have out on, on the on the squad. Makeup? Makeup. Or chicks, because we don't have either. Either. I'm going to go with either. I do. I have a buddy of mine, and I, I bring this up because I'd like to get your, your 10 cents on this. Um, and one, the Ooh. tranquilizer guns. That That's not the 10 cents. Or the dream catchers that Aykroyd's wearing, again. But he, uh, he has a company where they will... Um, they get all, all sorts of food, toothbrushes, everything for military personnel that are so far in that they don't have what everyone else has back yeah. at whatever base camp. Yep. Right. Everyone gives so much. However, no one will pay for the shipping to get it over there. No, none of these companies are paying. So he raises money just to get it shipped over to get to the bases, then to get That's shipped. So funny. People are... Companies are so weird. It's like Gatorade will give him... Flats of Gatorade. But he's like, no, just give me half. And then the other half said, giving that to me, just 
pay for the shipping. I'm like, yeah. that's not what we do. And Aaron was doing this thing, and so I, I, I was, the people at MSNBC were kind enough to write an article on him. I, I knew the reporter, and promote it. And then another group at Fox News was kind enough to put him on during Memorial Day, and promote it so that he could raise money. But it was such a confusing point because he got so many emails saying, "But wait, Procter and Gamble is giving them toothbrushes. Why aren't they just flying them over there?" He's like, "No, Procter and Gamble will not pay to get them flown over there. I have to raise money for that, so I have to do double work." Yeah. Because no one wants to ship it. I, I bring all that up because I wonder in the in the darkest places where you've been, where a toothbrush is probably a, a fucking dream. Oh my god, what I would do for a toothbrush <laughs> sometimes. Did you ever get those special packages or did you ever always pack one little special thing? Almost like naked and afraid, right? Yeah. Where like you get a lighter, you get a match, whatever. Um Special operations has it better than anybody else. Okay. We always, um, it's, it's such, again, the contrast. The expectation is that we can do anything with nothing, mm-hmm. uh, but then they provide us with everything. So we, even though we might be in the most horrible place on the planet in the worst conditions possible, um, we still have, and that's, and it's totally fine because yeah. you're special forces guys and that's what we, what we expect of you. Um, but like I don't have to follow the like I can fly in with a vibrating toothbrush if I want. You know, like, <laughs> Tim, you're gonna give us away. Have you seen my teeth? No cavities. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah, I've had one <laughs> cavity. Thanks, Ranger School. Yeah. Um, is there is do you there like a vodka? Mo- I do like vodka. Yeah, those Russians. Have you ever drank with a Russian? So funny story. So Katarina, who was with us yesterday, she was telling us about all these physical things. Her grandfather, when she was being raised in Russia, before she could eat breakfast, made her run a mile and do 10 pull-ups. I mean, she's just been bred to compete. Yeah. And I said, oh, you should come drinking with me one day. She's like, no, I couldn't do that. I said, if I told you at the end of the month, let's run a marathon, would you prepare and run a marathon with me? She's like, of course. I go, but you won't drink with me for a day? You've been doing shots of vodka since you were 12 years old. You just told me that. She's like, fine. I'll drink with you for a day when I get back from Russia after the World Cup. I'm like... Oh shit! What did I do? <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling she's she is going to bring a level of competition yeah. to my lackadaisical life and just kick me right in the teeth. But I have drank with Russians a couple of times, not like crazy Burt Kreischer and his, his story. But I've, uh, I've I've had some Russian friends and uh, they they put me to sleep. Yeah, they, they, there's just nobody like them. No, and they they I don't know how their livers can do that. It's, it's a gen, so there's some of it, it's less liver and it's more gut biome. So what I found out at 43, I've never had a hangover. And people have heard this podcast, I think I've said it almost every podcast. I apologize. But I haven't. And I've done a lot of research on it and figured out why. And some of it is the way your gut actually breaks down alcohol and sugars. Mm-hmm. And your gut can do certain things really well. Like there's certain things you can eat and do and uh, for your body, whether it's being on a keto diet or some people... Um, you know, can eat carbs all day long and they, they're 2% body fat and it just doesn't impact them. Yeah. So I can eat anything in any country that was once living, mm-hmm. even if it's rotten. Goat, for example, or like... Which meat. goat's super not good. Yeah. Um, whereas if you if I drink anything with you, because mm-hmm. um, I never drink alcohol ever, uh, I would probably have a hangover. Like if, if you gave me that beer tomorrow, I'd be like, ow, shh, no, stop talking. Oh. See, I will go play... I will have this. We were done, um, and this is—it's—it's not a proud moment. It's just one of those weird things where I will have beers with the neighbors. The dogs play. The kids are riding bikes. Where the guys are having beers, 
and you know, like five or six beers, go home, hang out, have dinner. I'll wake up the next day. I feel fantastic. My wife has a glass of wine, and she's like, "What are you doing? Why are you up at why, why are you up at five thirty? What's going on? Can you be quieter?" I'm like, "I haven't moved." She goes, <laughs> <laughs> "Not a morning person and hungover. Not a good combo." I love we that we have uh, an introduction of another super hot. Oh yeah, the the Russian missile team. I love it. So it, it's very interesting. The Russian missile team is, you know, and we, we've got this fear now, right? So the, the missile could launch or it's going to launch or we're going to have this. We're going to show that Star Wars works. But I it, just like that this is pointing out that the government never works. But the you, people you realize that every single Yeah, the people. I like where you're going with this. <laughs> the people are the only thing that wants to save all of humanity. And to do anything, but everything the government tries to do here fails. Yeah, because I, I think there's two things that 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 happen that may that that continually break that. One is is the government never goes. You know what? We took too much money. We've wasted it on this. We're going to cut that program and give it back to you. The more you give them, the more they will take, and they'll always say they need more. Because it is a running Rolodex, which is different than the mentality of what people want to do, which is what people want to do is actually fix the problem. Yeah. Now, what breaks the mold is when I want to fix the problem, but I'll rely on someone else to do it. Yeah. That's where that's that's where I think the deconstruction happens. That's where I mean, if anything, we could learn from our, from our history and what we see happening all the time, or what we more importantly don't see happening in situations where you're in, is that when all else fails. You've surrounded yourself with a team where you've got a good neighborhood or you've got a good group of friends. You fix the problem. If you've got a buddy who doesn't have a lot of money or is broke, lost his job, he needs his fence fixed in our neighborhood, guess what? Get out the power tools. You go there and you fix his fence. Why? He's your neighbor. Yeah. You help him. Yeah. I, don't, I don't need to put any added pressure on that poor chap. My three-year-old would love to play with all of those buttons. <laughs> yeah. I want to play with those buttons. Hey, so and now you you have a girl and now you have a boy. Mm. I have friends with boys. I have a daughter. Way easier raising a daughter. What? Way easier. So in, far. In what way? In the fact that like my daughter will come to basketball with me. She will sit in the stands. But she's four. For two hours and not say a peep and cheer us on. My buddy brings his four-year-old. That kid is on top of the backboard. Tro totally true. So from one until ten, <laughs> all you have to do is keep the blood inside the inside the boy, the boy. <laughs> and then clean them occasionally the girl so easy you know like princess you know like yeah let's do some art together God, can so i paint fun. your toenails dad and then Done. and then i'm then not ready happens. for this right no. yeah yeah you're not ready for this um is this what is going to age me yeah. Is my daughter yeah. turning eleven? I swear, last year I was not gray, and uh, <laughs> no. teenage daughters, teenage daughters—they get you a unique challenge, mm. impossible challenge. See, someone's going to ask you when when she's getting married. There's going to be a question just for the dad. You're going to be like, "What? What was harder? Was it going through Rangers or raising a teenage daughter up until she got married?" So I think um, my friend Dan Edwards, he's another Green Beret. Okay. Um, he has this approach to parenting where you 
take them and do everything with them that a boy would ever do to try and impress them. So he likes to drive a fast car. Cool. Dad's car is faster. Mm-hmm. And dad drives it better. Like he's going to show him guns. He's going to show her some guns or take him hunting. Well, cool. He's been, she's been hunting with you and she's seen your guns. Or he's going to show her whatever sport that he's playing. You know, it's like, well, cool. My dad was a world champion fighter yeah. on the planet. Um, you know, as like the, as the list kind of goes on of every single possible thing some boy at 16 would ever do, the only thing that he could do is love her. Yeah. You know, and if, and if you make, like, if you make that, just, just do everything with her, then it takes that unknown away. And then all she can ever be impressed by is how well he treats her. I like that. That's yeah. great advice. I've been, I've been taking my daughter to business meetings with me since she was six months old. And about a month ago, two months ago, we were sitting down and I'm telling this guy, I said, hey, you know, you gotta, I'll just tell you again. It doesn't seem you're getting this. And she pipes up from her iPad. And she looks, she goes, you're not listening to my dad. He's going to get frustrated. Uh, <laughs> this awesome. guy is like, uh, did your four-year-old daughter just put me in my place? I said, yeah. well, I, I, the shoe fits, you know. He's like, man. He's like, you got the business. Here you go. Here's the yeah. check. Like, Thank you. So Star Wars. Do you remember Star Wars? This is, and I bring yeah. it up because now we're at the point where they're going to try to shoot the laser beam to try to shoot the missile out of the sky yeah. to save planet Earth. Do you think we're doing this with Iran right now? We're like, maybe we just not give them that $1.5 billion so they'll shoot some nukes at Israel and we'll see if it works. Or, I mean, we already tried the, the computer virus where they put it in all the USBs and then we shipped them over there. And we, we had that computer virus that tried to shut it down. And we didn't know what was going to happen there. That, I don't know what is funnier, the fact that we watch Star Wars fail. We watch, once again, people fix it and the government fail. Or in the countdown clock where they're like, well, what should we do? We're all going to die. We just started a nuclear war. That three minutes later, they've, they're all done having sex. And then they're like, let's fix the planet. <laughs> <laughs> I like where their priorities are. <laughs> they're like, we got that out of the way. Huh. Now let's get back to fixing the planet. And then you can go back to sex. Then you go back to but it. But what if you do things in reverse order where you try to fix the problem and you – Too much stress. But And you can't fix it and then you all die. Yeah. So That's then the ne- sex never happens. Yeah. So then, But if, then if you do sex and then you fix the problem, then mm-hmm. you get to have more sex. Yeah, because you've celebrated to fix the problem. Yep. So, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity. I think you've just, I think, I think you've just started a new couples therapy program. Yeah. Are you guys arguing? Have sex. Huh? Huh? Have sex and then fix the problem yeah. and then celebrate that with more sex. I mean, uh, Tim Kennedy, marriage counselor, <laughs> marriage counselor, yeah. just adding it to the list. And the problem we could also add like nuclear apocalypse into marriage counseling, where it's like, okay, you you guys are fighting. That's neat. Um, Iran is going to launch a nuclear warhead at New York. Here's the problem: you have 30 minutes to fix it, and you have to have sex in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. Get it done. Yeah. Get it done. There, There is a thing, right? So uh, with the floods, 9-11, uh, Super Bowls, right? And mm-hmm. celebration and anxiety points in life where they're celebration babies or they're, or they're trauma babies, yeah. if you will. Like nine, <laughs> 9-11 babies, like that's a real thing. It'd be yeah. like, we don't know if the world's going to end tomorrow. Swipe right, right? Yeah. I mean, let's let's get this done. Yeah. Let's go after it. And it's a, uh, it's, it's now, it's, it's become a very real thing where now they're, they're marking these spikes in birth in areas based on 
once again, whether it was a bomb going off or a shooting or or a celebration of you know Philadelphia winning the Super Bowl or whomever else. And then okay. nine months later, like, yeah, that hospital like God dang it, <laughs> and hire more nurses. Yeah, really, the this... super hot Russian chick is going to be standing alone. there with her, like her fingers playing Doolittle. Yeah, she's just she's all by herself. And she's just like, well, I mean, Dan Aykroyd's here. He's got some dream catchers. I'm ready to go. I like this. Catch me. Catch me. This is, I, I, the special effects, not very special. Um, but in Lancaster, someone's on meth, and they just think that's a natural occurrence. So this is, it's a good place to test the laser beams. You ever notice that in the desolate places where there's the most drinking, gambling, and drug use is where they see the most UFOs outside of Vegas? Yeah. Not a coincidence. Not a coincidence, right? I mean, drunk cowboys wondering why a black helicopter took their cow away. No, that was some wolves. Calm down, champ. Was um, was that an Oreo that those guys were eating? It was. So there's a nuclear warhead coming at you. Yeah, flying at you. Oreos and milk, though. That's that's your that's your go to. It's not my go to. Not mine. What would be your go to? Oh, it's pizza for sure. Really? Oh, I love pizza. Yeah. I but I love really like if it's my go-to and I get a I, I get a drop it. It's it's a hundred percent. It's pizza. Now that said, and um, they missed. and they missed. What's your go-to? Is it elk tacos? Which you're gonna have tomorrow night? I mean, I, for sure, elk tacos with red wine. Really? Yeah. You got a type of red wine or um, eighty-two Chateau Lafitte at a thousand dollars a bottle. So being from Central Coast California, okay, I would have to go with like a Paso Cabernet Sauvignon. So I'd go maybe with the Justin Vineyard Isosceles. Ooh, nice! Wow, which you is know, a blend. Yeah, but it's a Meritage. It's a good blend. Yeah. It's nice. Oh, and here comes. And now we got some problems. Yeah, I love that. I love. The, it's your bureauc- fault. the it's bureaucrats. Your fault. Yeah. Just where does my finger point yeah. next? It's your fault. How it's your fault. How do you, because of your background, when you go in and you're doing business, yeah. and there's always CYA in business. If something doesn't work or something works really well, everyone wants credit. If something doesn't work, <laughs> no one does. But you see the finger point. Yeah. So I own all my own businesses. Okay. And um, I've never really worked for anyone Okay. outside of the military. Where I have lots of people telling me what to do. <laughs> um, but very specific. Yeah, but I, in the business side, you know, I, I, my own defensive tactics company, government contracting company, shoe company, apparel company, uh, marketing company. So, like, if, and I, so lots of different employees from warehouses and the fulfillments and marketing. Um, and it's all back to the humans, to your point, mm-hmm. it's, it's all solution oriented. So one of our mottos in Special Forces is missions first. So period, mission first, nothing else matters. And then the second part to that is always everything that we think about is solution oriented. So I don't think what the problem is. I don't think what the problems are. I think about how do I fix it? How do I make it better? And um, man, it takes about two shakes of a woolly lamb's tail for me to be like, pack your bags, get out the door. I don't need you. you nice. Know, you are either helping this team or you are leading. There's no, there's no in between there. There's no let's let me try to mentor you and make it work. Let me like nope, I don't have time for that. There's seven billion people on the planet. I will find a replacement. Yeah, go, get out. Yeah, I I, I take the I, I drive my business partner insane because he's like you have no patience for people. I'm like I don't because you can't come and talk to me. And say, I'm an expert at this and I want to do X Y and Z and I go perfect. You should do it. 
well, hold on a second. I didn't get this or this, or I didn't have this tool, or I, I, I didn't feel empowered to make this phone call, or the, the, the list of excuses that goes on and on and on. And look, she's just doting over him. Sorry, yeah. folks. I mean, it's, you can't, unless you're watching Spies Like Us right now, you, she you can't. She's like a supermodel. She, she's a little doll, like a porcelain doll. She's so perfect. Yeah. Did he just break the third, third wall? He did. He's, and then there's oh, well, that underneath true. the swims underneath the, the swimsuit underneath the snowsuit. I just want to back it up again so I can see that. But the um and the two dudes come out of the tent. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like, that's hilarious to me. It's so funny. because it was that time when not only was gay in, bad. in bad, but then gay in the military was like super super bad, bad right? Yeah, and uh, it's and, you know and there's like oh and then there's her hair is perfect, Chevy yeah, Chase perfect again. Yeah. Everyone's perfect. Chevy Chase's hair is well. That's he just that that's hair helmet. He's had that. He's had that since Fletch. He doesn't know anything else or any different for sure. It is a uh, they're snowsuits, all white except for a patch, which seems weird. Like that would give it away. Do you remember PG movies at this period of time were a little di- bit different than PG movies now? Oh yeah. Like we just saw. A bunch of people having sex and gay people come out of a tent together and she's not in her suit or she's not in her snowsuit and her boobs are out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even at the time you could see boobs and butt. But now PG is like an animated movie. Oh, yeah. It's weird. The Incredibles. PG. Yeah, PG. What the heck? It's The Incredibles. My daughter loves it. I, but it's weird. Let's the, g- give me some boobs and some violence again. Back yeah. in RPG movies. Let's just, so then I don't have people growing up and telling me that waterboard is torture. <laughs> That's what we need. Balls and spines back in our in our people. Do you do you wonder? And once again, I'll get back to it. The it's not misinformation. I blame whether it's a college athlete that makes a mistake, whether it's a professional athlete that makes a mistake. When you give someone. I was a dickhead when I got a student loan, right? So I can't imagine getting $20 million at 22 years old. I just, I, mentally, I can't wrap my head around it. The good Lord above never wanted me to have that because he's like, you're already an asshole. You don't need that kind of, you don't need that to happen to you, Jason. But I wonder where education fails us in, in preparation, like home act, but I, I, can't, I can't figure out my taxes. I wonder in all of those scenarios where, that and then as we formal education is failing period failing not, period. not just us it's yeah. failing businesses it's failing society um it's it's freaking failing humankind uh i mean as a as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. are you seeing people graduate from college being like oh man i'm excited about what you learned you are a now great asset to my team thank you nope no you're like go away and come back in 25 years. Yeah. When you've actually failed at a bunch of things and you've learned how to struggle. You've been pampered by a bunch of intellectuals that think that they know anything about the world that they have no idea how to operate in. Uh, I um, I think education is going to be the end of us. I think it is too. Like reading, writing, and arithmetic is now <coughs> away from um, – it's not taught at my daughter's school anymore. You can't redo math. math there's – like – the kids are learning math a different way. Oh, the new math. There is no new math. No, it's math. One plus one is still two. Yeah. And there's, you, you can't go and like, but to four, you can go like one plus one plus one plus one. No. no I mean, yes, but yeah. don't show them. Just say this 
basic arithmetic problem equals this number. Yeah. And here's the solution to finding it. Yep. I don't It fails. I mean, it fails at, at four. There was a little boy that was spitting on my daughter. Mm-hmm. And you hit him with four by four. So she's in a mixed-use class, which means half are special needs, half are not. Uh-huh. And I wanted her in that class because I wanted to learn how to deal with all people at all stages. And and she's a very emotive kid, and she wants to run up and give kids hugs and kisses and do all this stuff And when they're feeling bad. And I, I just – the school said, well, figure it out. And I, she came back, and she goes, Dad, no one spit on me today. It was a good day, right? And I lost my mind. Yeah. So I had two options, and I grabbed the mom. She was walking out, and I said, "Hey, we're going to talk real quick." She's like, "Okay," and I told her what happened. She goes, "Wait, I asked the teacher if my son's been doing well." And she said, "Great," and I brought that up to the principal. And the principal goes, "Well, the kids have a realm of privacy in there; like we can't share what goes on in there." They're four. Yeah, they don't have privacy. Yeah, no, 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 you don't have any privacy. Yeah, you're four, and I found out he likes it when her hair's down. So when her hair's up, he calls her ugly and spits in her hair. And I told her, I said. Punch him in the throat. She goes, what? I said, no, no, don't kick him between the legs. Don't punch him in the nose or the eyes. Punch him in the throat. He can't breathe. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah. Just take your hand like a little karate chop, and you only have to hit him hard. Right in the throat. She's like, dad, that seems mean. I don't want to make him cry. Don't you worry about a thing. Yeah. Like, Listen, you're going to stop being spit on. He finally, he was, he's out of school now. He's been removed. But the jumps, the hoops that I had to go through, and then finally just cornered the parent, was crazy. Because when I was growing up, if I would have spit on a little girl, my dad would have kicked my ass up and down the state. Yeah. Yeah. It would, it's, it's not even, it's not, it, and, it, and there would have been a line with a teacher and a principal, and then the other kid's dad, and then the mom, and then an aunt and an uncle for sure, yeah. and then how I embarrassed the family by my actions. I mean, if you can find, education is now a part of the bureaucratic government. Mm-hmm. And if you can point me in a direction of when a bureaucratic government has been able to efficiently do something well yeah. to the people that they're supposed to be, you know, their constituents or their, their the, the body, the population, the people they're supposed to be. Bob Hope. Bob Hope. Fuck, I love him. Miss yeah. that guy. It's good. He loved him some military. He did. Who are, who are real quick, we're gonna, the, the, the movie, by the way, has now ended. Once again, people fix the problem. Ace Tomato Courier. Ace Tomato Courier. Remember, that was the very beginning of the movie. I like that they put those two up there. The President of the United States, Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. Freaking A. Love Who's that your, guy. Uh, who, are your, who are your favorite comics? You just mentioned Bob Hope, but there are some other comics that loves, love them some military. I mean, first, Bob Hope has to go to the top of the list. The top of the list. He did so much. For the military. Yes. I mean, I'll, I'll even go to like... Um, have you seen Some Like It Hot? Yeah, oh, I'm a movie guy. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, you, you, you can. I can go back to Clark Cable and Cary Grant and Gregory Peck. I mean, even drama actors and look at what like they did for the military, mm-hmm. and um, and then go and see them trying to be funny. Cary Grant was, I think, a legitimately funny person, but Bob Hope, Cary Grant. Um, Anyone you saw, or do you, were you able to? I know you're you're in kind of a different. They're, yeah. they're not they're not shipping those guys to the Niger for for, for yeah, your, your team. I've never in 15 years been to a military concert. Wow, I've gone on USO tours 
uh-huh. as an, as somebody appearing. Okay. But I've never been on the receiving end because I only go and do bad things. I, or great like, things. Really not fun things. I'm yeah. not saying bad things like I was doing horrible. Evil yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Just like, oh, this is a really terrible place with all the worst circumstances. Let's send these guys. I'm just in that group. Yeah. Uh, like the, the pissed on and pooped on and, you know, hated group. Yeah, and they're not... You're not saying Larry the Cable Guy right behind you no. being like, get her done! <laughs> you're like, thanks Larry, no. am I keeping it down? That uh, was a good room? one! <laughs> Woo! You got it, buddy! <sighs> That's, Tim, I, I, you know, you were the, when I thought of this, and I was, I wanted to do this podcast, and I was trying to learn everything, uh, two people stuck out in my head. One, uh, Burt Kreischer, because he said, if you, if you want to do a podcast, you should do it. Just do it. Just start it. Don't think about it. Do it. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fuck up. It's part of life. But if you've made mistakes before, do it. Do it. And then two was yourself. And you were the first person I emailed. You were the first person I asked. And once again, I had friends going, dude, don't, like, what do you, like, ask the local mayor. You have no website. You have no email address. You have no recordings. You have no business emailing this man and trying to take two hours of his time to do something. I'm like, but that's who I want. Like I really, like I, he doesn't have to do it today, but that's who I want. And the, the kindness of one you saying yes, in, in spite of all of that, and then coming and doing this, I, I really, I can't thank you enough. My I really pleasure. can't. Absolutely my pleasure. Got to see Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd, two super hot Russian chicks. You know, was, not terrible. A, no. Not terrible. It's a good day. There's uh, there's something we're doing with uh, with Katarina, and, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you off mic in case um, you, you want to do it. But uh, once again, everyone... You know, uh, if you're driving down the road when you listen to this or you're at home and or uh, you're in the office, uh, you know, take a moment and uh, just give a little applause because, uh, you know, we I'm not doing it. There's not you have a team of 11, right? There's not everyone's doing it for a reason, because not everyone has the mental fortitude to do it and they they don't. So I, I applaud you for everything you've done and that you're a spokesperson in every way for what you do. My Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And with that, folks, and all the gushiness, we're out.